Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Glad you're here today. Mark just asked me to announce that any choir member that wants to join the choir, that you can come up now. <laughs> you can come on. come on down. Come on down. Welcome, everyone. We're glad that you're here. There's, you know, they're just walking the aisles, just coming down the aisles there. Look at this. See how easy it is to join the choir? <laughs> Welcome, everyone. We're glad that you're here. It's good to uh, share this time of worship with you and fellowship, and we welcome everyone and pray for God's blessings on each of you. Uh, We hope that God will bless you in a very special way, and we welcome our guests especially, and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God. Let me remind everyone of our attendance uh, sheets on each row. I'd like to ask if you would take those and fill them out so we could have a record of your attendance with us. We, we would appreciate that. Uh, uh, just put your name and address, phone number, email, and check the appropriate box on there, and we would certainly appreciate that. A few announcements that we have uh, coming up I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, first of all, uh, we, today we had a wonderful uh, Upward Volunteer uh, Breakfast and it was great, and I, and so thank you so much for those of you who uh, who uh, put that on and prepared everything for us, and uh, and also for those of you who are going to volunteer for Upward, those who have already volunteered, and for those of you who are going to volunteer for our Upward basketball and cheerleading program. Uh, that's right around the corner. We'll be distributing um, flyers in the schools, not this coming week, but the following week. Um, and we could use some uh, some cookies, right? Need some cookies uh, by the morning of August the 17th. So we need them by 8 o'clock that morning, some homemade cookies. This is our way. We take these to the schools. We drop the flyers off at the schools, and the schools distribute the flyers to all of the children. And this is our way to bribe, I mean, I'm sorry, to say, to say thank you to the teachers for... Uh, <laughs> for passing out these, these flyers, and, and uh, so we could use that um, uh, by the 17th. Also, if you would like to volunteer for anything in our Upward program, uh, and all of you can do something, um, but if you'd like to volunteer, please uh, see Mary Rye or Sybil Keach, and uh, we will... Okay, and there's a volunteer sheet uh, on which table? The table with the basketball goals on it. Okay, on the table back against the wall with the basketball goals. There's a volunteer sheet up there, so you can sign up there as well. Uh, Next week, next Sunday, we have uh, uh, kind of a theme Sunday, right, Mary? Is is that right? A rock and roll children's fundraiser and and, uh, fundraiser lunch, is that right? And, uh, and a pie auction after church next week. And so the idea is that we need to dress up kind of in the 50s. Is that right? Kind of, kind of dress like you're in the 50s here, and we'll kind of have an old-fashioned old time. And that will be right after church on Sunday of next week. And I'm looking for Mike Sugg. Where is Mike Sugg? I know it. There he is. <laughs> Mike Sugg has a, a, an announcement about our Sureway fundraiser that's coming up next month. Good morning and greetings from the missions and uh, ministry team. Uh, 
it's that time of year again, and uh, our Sherway fundraiser is coming up. And uh, this is our largest uh, means that we have to raise funds for our missions and ministry team and the, and the many different projects and things that we do uh, during the year. And uh, most of you know what a lot of those are. I mean, the, uh, the Habitat, Extreme Build, uh, uh, the Help support for Upward, uh, Salvation Army, uh, Feed, uh, getting those meals together, King's Kitchen, uh, and the list goes on. And there are a lot of other projects that, that pop up from time to time that we feel a need to uh, contribute to that, that, that helps people. And uh, they're, they're too numerous to mention. But And I want to thank you for your past support. Uh, it, it's invaluable. We can't do it without you. Uh, Tim, last just last Sunday was uh, talking about how would you like to have a lot of money for missions and ministry, and uh, he was speaking of you know if we could get our building paid off, and then we would have a lot of money to do so many more things that we'd really love to do. But we're not quite there yet, so we we still have the need to uh, raise funds to to do the things that we really want to do as a church. Um, Tickets are ready, okay? We have tickets printed up, and so if you would uh, like to uh, purchase some tickets or take some tickets to sell ahead of time, well, uh, we have those for you. You can, can see me after service or next week, or or uh, you, you could can see uh, Christine, Sybil, some of the other, Jika, some of the other members of the missions and ministry team. Uh, we... Um, Want some? We want pre-sales. Uh, so, you know, friends, neighbors, uh, sell the tickets. Uh, we're doing one thing a little different this year. Very large orders of like chicken and ribs that need to be delivered, say, to a place of business. We're probably not going to be able to get them there in time for lunch. Uh, for instance, I normally sell between 40 and 50 uh, dinners out to uh, to Alcan where I used to work and. Uh, so uh, this year uh, it's going to be pork chop dinners only because we can get those out in a hurry. So that's what I'm going to be taking out there this year. Uh, won't be able to get 50 chicken dinners out there at 11 o'clock. We just time won't allow us to do that. But uh, for anybody that wants to pick up orders during the you know the regular time, sell them. Uh, they'll be ready. Uh, also. Uh, First Friday and Saturday uh, in October is our uh, our big rummage sale that we have here at the church, and that's another means of support. So, if you have things that you want to get rid of, uh, junk or any anything that you want to get rid of, hey, uh, one man's trash is an, one man's trash is another man's treasure, as the old saying goes. We can help you get rid of that. Uh, bring it to the church, and uh, and on that first uh, Friday and Saturday in uh, October, uh, during the 60 Highway 60 uh, sale, uh, we'll be set up here at the church, and uh, we we hope to uh, to get rid of that for you. Uh, we'll also be doing some cooking to sell some food uh, during that time. Uh, pork chops things like that, maybe some chicken this year. We might even have some chicken this year. So, again, thanks for your past support, and uh, 
uh, look forward to seeing you. Uh, there will be a sign-up sheet for volunteers to work the chicken barbecue. It will be on the table by before next Sunday, okay? So be looking for that. Uh, we need lot, lots of help, uh, especially during the time, uh, uh, the lunch rush, when, when they, they come off and we have to get them boxed up and ready to go. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike, uh, for making us aware of that and for all that you do for our, our missions and ministry team as well. We're so grateful for that. Uh, Mike mentioned uh, an announcement that I made last week about uh, about what if we could pay off our building. And that we are thinking towards that. We are thinking in that direction. We are, we are not close at this point, but we are thinking in that direction, hopefully, to be able to do that, and we're looking at some options. And so let me uh, remind you that Gary Ely from Horizons Stewardship will be here on August the 23rd, and uh, he will be preaching during the worship service, and then immediately after the worship service, um, we're going to be having a meeting. We'll probably take just a few minutes break, and then we'll be having a meeting where he will explain to us uh, how we might be able to do that, uh, how we might be able to at least bring our debt down significantly over the next three or four years, and, uh, or, or really three years, and, then, uh, and, and maybe after three years we'll, it'll be down enough that we'll see a little light at the end of the tunnel and be able to pay it off very soon. So um, he'll be explaining how that's going to work, and so that's the 23rd. Please put that on your calendar. Uh, he'll explain it all to us, and he'll answer any question that you'll have. And, uh, and from the feedback that we get from you, this will determine whether we do this or not. And so this is kind of an information-gathering uh, meeting. So I hope that you'll be here for that and, uh, and be a part of that and bring any questions that you have. It is so good to be among God's people on God's day. Uh, let us stand now and let us sing together our song of gathering, worthy of worship. Let us sing.
pray with me. Oh God of our community and the whole community of believers, it is right and good that we pause to think about the way your spirit moves among us because, oh Lord, you are worthy of our worship and our praise. Oh God, we thank you for the community of faith with which we pray for the differences among us by which we are enriched and through which the Spirit prompts us to grow. We are thankful for your amazing grace that forgives and restores us, for new insight from ancient holy words, for hymns and songs that pour out of our hearts and into yours, for Christian friends who perceive our strength when we cannot, and for words of encouragement, affection, and trust, for shared laughter, healing of wounds, and hope shining as a light in the darkness. For all of these things, O oh God, we give you our deepest gratitude. For we wonder, we wonder how we can reach out to those with whom we pray who are struggling with pain that we cannot understand. We wonder how we can make a difference in a hungry world. We wonder how we will meet the demands of this week. And so we pray that you would give us the strength, O Lord, that we need to be your church, to accept accept the cost and the joy of discipleship, to be gracious in the service of others, to proclaim the gospel to all the world. When our call seems overwhelming, teach us the value of one hand extended to another, of one word expressed in care, of one plate of food to a hungry person, of one moment of rest in a day of of work, one voice of hope lifting up a lonely spirit. Take all of these gifts, O God, and add your blessings. Receive them as our holy worship and use them for the sake of your mission in the world. For we pray this in your name. Amen. Let's join together as family and share in our responsive reading. Come. Let us worship the Lord our God. In our worship, may our eyes be opened this day. That we might see the beauty and of May our eyes be opened this day. That we might see those who are May our eyes be opened this day. Come, let us worship the Lord our God. Come, Christians. 
Today's reading is from Ephesians 4:30 through 5:2. And do not grieve for the Holy Spirit of God, with which you are marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from your bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Join with me in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we place before you our offerings. May these gifts support our ministry so that others may gather in your name and follow the path of peace and love. We, your children, seek to be imitators of God and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's beautiful. Thank you, Jika. Here's an old story about a cantankerous, bitter old man. His uh, neighbors always avoided him. His four sons moved away from home as soon as they possibly could. You kind of get the picture. Uh, But his poor wife stood by him, which wasn't an easy thing to do. And then one night he went to bed and he just slipped away. And his sons were called in. What should they do? They were thinking. And so one of them said, well, he was hard to live with and nobody could get along with him, but he was our pa. And so we owe him a decent burial out in the meadow past the field. So they went out to the barn and they found some wood, some boards and they built a casket 
And they put the box up onto their shoulders and carried it past the barn. But as they were passing through the gate, one of the boys bumped on into the post, which caused them to drop the casket. And the casket broke open, and lo and behold, this cantankerous old man sat straight up. He was alive. He had only been in a deep, deep sleep. Well, life got back to normal. He lived two more years, just as ornery and mean and cantankerous as ever. The boys went back to their home, but his poor wife had to stay and put up with him. And then one night he went to bed and he just slipped away, this time for good. His sons were called in. What should they do? They were thinking, well, one of them said he was hard to live with. Nobody could get along with him, but he was our pa. And so we owe him a decent burial out in the meadow past the field. And so they went back out into the barn, found some boards, made a casket, put the old man in it, put the box up onto their shoulders and started out of the house and out of the, the, the yard there. And as they did, their mother, the old man's wife, sternly said to them, Now, boys, when you get out by that barn, you be careful going through that gate. I kind of think that cantankerous old man should have read our lesson for today. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly beloved children and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now, do you think that bitter, cantankerous people have any idea that their attitude is an offense to God? I mean, surely they know that their, their bitterness is offensive to other people, but do you think they realize that it's also offensive to God? I mean, that's why Paul tells us, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Don't grieve God's Holy Spirit Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander along with every form of malice. My friends, is there anyone that you are bitter towards? I'm glad Brittany and Rachel got to make up there. <laughs> I was a little worried there for a minute. Dr. David Brown tells about a man who died with a lot of bitterness in his heart. His name was Sigmund Freud. You probably know Freud was one of the most influential psychotherapists who ever lived, even though many of his theories have been disproved over the years, but Freud was not a happy man. We are told that Freud died at the age of 83 as a bitter and disillusioned man. Tragically, Freud had little compassion for the common person. As a matter of fact, he wrote in, in 1918, he said, I have found little that is good about human beings. 
In my experience, most of them are trash, no matter whether they publicly subscribe to this or that ethical doctrine or to none at all. Sigmund Freud died friendless. He had broken his relationship with all of his followers, and the end of his life was bitter. How sad that is. To find so little that is good in, the, in his fellow human beings. To consider most people as trash. Freud, you may know, also had a dim view of religion. And it's no wonder that he didn't find much good in people. I just wish that he could have, could have known some of the great people that I've come to know in this church and in other churches. There's so much in people's lives that is good. Oh, I've, I've run into a few cantankerous people along the way, even in church. But on the whole, church people are loving and caring and decent people. And as for those who do have a problem with bitterness and resentment, all we can do is just keep on loving them until they change. But Paul tells us that followers of Jesus need to get rid of six vices. Bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and malice. Kind of sounds like a session of Congress, doesn't it? <laughs> Do you have any problems with any of these vices? If so, then we need to work on them. And we all know that, don't we? For our own good, we need to get rid of these destructive emotions in our lives. Reader's Digest had an article recently on what the author called the angry heart. And according to the article, anger can lead to a real heartbreak, a, a heart attack. According to a Harvard University review of more than 6,000 people who experienced a cardiovascular event, a person's risk of having a heart attack increases nearly five times within two hours of having an angry outburst. But it's not just heart attacks. The risk of, of stroke increases by more than three times. So you see... Anger, it causes a rise in your heart rate, your blood pressure, and it makes your blood vessels constrict and, and become stiff, and it puts a strain on your whole cardiovascular system. So we, need to, we, we, we know that each of these vices, bitterness and anger and rage and brawling and slander and malice, all of these things, they're our enemies. But how do we get rid of them? Well, we begin by choosing the right role model. If the person you choose to pattern your life after is an angry, bitter, hate-filled individual, then chances are you're going to be like that too. So who's your role model? Some of you will remember the movie back in 1987 called Wall Street. You remember that movie? Uh, Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen were stars in that movie, and the film tells a story about... Um, Bud Fox, played by Charlie Sheen, a young stockbroker who falls under the influence of Gordon Gecko, uh, played by Michael Douglas. He was a sleazy but wealthy, power-hungry, unscrupulous corporate raider. And the movie portrayed the greed and the excess of the 1980s. It was a film in which Douglas's character, Gordon Gecko, declared 
what would become the motto of the 80s. You remember what it was? Greed is good. He said that. This movie did a magnificent job of portraying what happens when profits become more important than people. When greed is valued more than goodness. The movie was intended to be an expose, but the tragic aftermath of this film was that rather than causing people to despise people like Gordon Gekko, many young people began to identify with him. And it inspired a lot of young men and women to go to, to work at Wall Street, not to undo the damage of people like Gordon Gekko, but to become just as power-hungry and manipulative as he was. So you see, my friends, role models can be either positive or negative. So who's your role model? Legendary motivational speaker Zig Ziglar tells about his role models. Seems that Zig's father died when he was only five years old, and his mother only had a fifth-grade education and still had six uh, uh, of 12 children at home who were too young to work. But because of the kindness of Mr. John Anderson, who ran a local grocery store, Zig and his younger brother went to work probably long before they were really able to help very much. Mr. Anderson was a successful businessman of impeccable character, said Zig. And he had such a positive impact on him that he named his first son after him. And by successful, says Zig, He doesn't just mean wealthy. He means the kind of man that a young boy could model his life after. He says that Mr. Anderson and his meat market manager, Mr. Haining, were both godly men who showed him what it meant to be a person of character, to be honest and accountable and hardworking. And Zig believes that God provided these men in his life at a time when his own role model, his father, was taken from him and And he says he didn't know how he would have turned out if these men had not impacted his life at such an early age. Role models are important for young people. And of course, their best role models should be their parents, but adults need role models too, don't we? We need role models. There was a story that appeared in the Christian Herald several years ago in which a a senior executive of of one of the the uh, largest banks in New York, told about how he had risen to a place of prominence and influence in his life. He said first he served as an office boy at the bank, just a mere office boy running for errands, you know, running for the the breakfast sandwich and the coffee and things like that. And then one day the president of the company called him aside and he said, I want you to come into my office and... And be with me every day. And the young boy replied, but what can I do for you, sir? I don't know anything about finances. And the president said, president said, never mind that. You'll learn. You'll learn what I want to teach you a lot faster if you just stay by my side and keep your eyes and ears open. And now this famous banker says that this was the most significant experience of my life. He said, being with that wise man made me just like him, and I began to do things the way that he did, and that accounts for what I am today. So folks, if you want to be better than you are now, then spend some time with folks who embody the virtues that you want to acquire. 
Or be a mentor to someone else who's just beginning their journey. Mark Roberts in his book, Dare to be True, tells about a friend of his who who decided that she wanted to run a marathon. And even, even though Nancy had been jogging for many years, she had never tackled a full marathon before. And so somebody suggested that she join a, a track club where focused training and encouragement would help her to fulfill her dream. So Nancy joined a club near her work, and, and when she came from her first workout at the track club, uh, Mark asked her how it went, and she said, it was awful. She said, I think I'm the worst runner in the world. The other people in that club, they run three times as fast, faster than I do. And, and, and then she said, well, maybe I just ought to quit that club. But Mark said, it can't be that bad. Give it another try. It, I'm sure it'll get better. And so Nancy went back, and, but she returned just as discouraged before. She was trying to be positive. And Mark told Nancy that he would go with her the next time she went to, to see what was wrong. And when they arrived at the college where Nancy's club were trained, he understood why Nancy felt so out of place. You see, unbeknownst to her, she had joined the, the famed Santa Monica Track Club, which meant that she was working out with some of the best runners in the world. Literal, some of the best runners in the world. Members of that club included people like Carl Lewis and Evelyn Ashford, who both of whom won gold medals at the 1984 Olympics. And as Mark watched Nancy running around the track at a respectable pace, the others were running three times faster than she was. And so, so it was no wonder that she was feeling a bit outclassed here. So Mark waved her over. And he explained that they do run a lot faster than you do, Nancy, because they're the fastest runners in the world. Next to them, we'd all look pretty pathetic. So don't compare yourself to them. Just keep on going, and you'll do fine. So Nancy kept training. The coach and the other members of the club welcomed her and encouraged her, and being a part of that club helped her a lot. Her track mates became her role models. And Nancy never won a gold medal in the Olympics or anything like that, but she did complete her first marathon in a respectable time. Who's your role model? Whose life would you choose to emulate? Well, if you choose a spiritual role model, I hope it's Jesus. I hope it'll be Jesus. Because, folks, there is no one else who comes close. As Paul writes, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, he says, as dearly beloved children and walk in the, love, in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering of, and sacrifice to God. My friends, the best way to get rid of any bitterness or anger or resentment that you may, may be harboring is to make a conscious commitment to pattern your life after Jesus. Imitate the Lord. 
Reverend Mike Hayes says that imitation is written into our DNA. Young moms know that what I'm talking about here. They know that when things get quiet in the house, then that's the time you need to investigate. Something's going on. And when she begins to search for her little girl, she finds her in the bathroom with her little feet stuck into mom's shiny high heels. And she's leaning into the mirror just like she's seen mom do while she's smearing lipstick onto her lips. That imitation gene is there. And it doesn't go away with age. Teenage boys wear, wear Kevin Durant jerseys while they shimmy at the, feet, at the free throw line. A young artist will sit for hours and trace over the works of the masters, hoping that one day they will rise to the standard of the greats. And an, an aspiring dancer will practice for hours on end the dance moves of their favorite dancer. That DNA of imitation is there. And Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, that there is no higher goal, there is no greater aspiration for the people of God than to imitate God. And where do we best see God except in Jesus Christ? And what was Christ like? Well, the only malice or anger or bitterness that he ever showed was towards wrongdoers, and then he forgave them. What was Christ like? He never looked down on anyone. He never called anyone a sinner. He welcomed everyone into his family. He, never, uh, he, he was never exclusive. He was always inclusive. He was a friend like no other, as the old hymn says. And to be in his presence was to be in the presence of love and healing and hope. As a friend, he laid down his life for those that he loved. So what was Christ like? Use your imagination and try to see pure, unconditional love walking among us. And that's how we are to be as we imitate God. That is our challenge for today. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander and malice, Paul says. But replace them with kindness and compassion and forgiveness and love. And let Christ be your role model. Live and love as he did and begin a new life in him. Amen. Let us sing our closing hymn, number 478, Seek Ye First. And this is what it's all about. This is what, what happens when, when you seek Christ first and, and his kingdom. Then all of these other things will pass away. All of these bad things in our lives will be replaced by the good things as we seek to imitate Christ. So what a way to start our lives in Christ and to continue to live our lives in Christ, seeking first his kingdom. Let us sing together, seek ye first.
us today. Uh, before we leave, I've got something to take care of. And this is one of my favorite things to do as a pastor. You know, I, got a, I have a lot of neat things that I do as a pastor. And one of the favorite things that I have to do is to um, uh, welcome people who want to join our church and be baptized. And especially when it's somebody who I've known since she was about this high. I remember before I even became your pastor, I was here, uh, I, I think we were here looking for a house or something, and we went out to Chris and Lana's house for a little get-together, and, and there was this cute little girl just running all over the place, and I went, who is that cute little girl? And it was Maggie Benson. She was about, what, two or three years old at the time, and, and, uh, and, and we've all watched her grow up, and we've... Uh, been a part of the village that have, has raised her, and uh, and we love her. And uh, you know what? She's made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ, and she wants to be baptized. Amen. And she wants to do it on Labor Day weekend when her brothers will be in town. <laughs> you think we can do that? I think so, too. Would you welcome Maggie into our fellowship of our community of faith, our family of faith, and into the family of God by raising your hand and saying amen. 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 Maggie, we are so proud of you. We really are. We are so proud of you. And I I would, people would be wondering if I didn't say this, we're all ministers here. That means you are too. And we minister to one another. We minister to you. And we look forward to the ministry that you have for us. And you've already been a minister to us through your example. But we look forward to so much more in the future. So we're glad that you're a part of us officially. And we will take care of uh, your baptism coming up in a few weeks. Let us bow for our benediction. May the God of peace make you perfect and holy. And may you all be kept safe and blameless, spirit, soul, and body the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God has called you, and God will not forsake you. Amen. If you can, we need some volunteers to pick up the chairs.